Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asian Pop Nation, the show right here on Sin, where we love to highlight everything and everything Asian music and culture related. And we are residing right here on Sin. My name is Lisha Lini, the EP of APN. Of course, you can just call me Lisha. And welcome to our show. Before we start our first episode for the month of November, let's talk to the two songs that we played just now on our show. First, we played probably one of the top songs I've heard this year already. I've claimed it. It is the song titled Anti-Fragile by Korean girl group Le Seraphim. And the song comes from their second mini album titled Anti-Fragile. And moving along from that, we then played a super catchy track, this time coming from Ramen Girl, who is this Indonesian rapper, and she is back with her new song titled Fashion. Now, very fun fact, this song is not only a new song that just dropped, but it was also requested by one of our former APNT members slash former EP Celeste. So uh, here's a little heart moment for her. We miss you, man. <laughs> but either way, welcome to our show tonight. We have a pretty, pretty stacked show. And potentially for some of our listeners who are very into, uh, I'll say, Korean music or K-pop in general, this show would probably fit your alley the most as I would like to see this episode as a takeover by some of our APN team members, including myself. So a lot of the topics that we're talking about tonight have to do with stuff like the end of V-Life, which is this particular website. And don't worry, if you don't know what it is, we're going to fill you all in later on the show. So stay tuned. We also have a ton of conversations in regards to the start of award season. Yay, you can tell by my voice how enthusiastic I am about award seasons but we'll get into that again later in the show but of course we also have a bit of a refresher between all of the korean music content and we're going to be talking about a new taxi that has been unveiled in japan now before we move and progress into our episode this week i did want to put a little bit of a message out there from our apn team to you guys since we are going to be talking about a lot of Korean media content and it is all really fun and exciting to talk about, we still feel like it's appropriate to bring up that we wanted to send our condolences and prayers to everyone who has been affected by the tragedy in Itaewon, Korea. And we hope that you guys can keep the victims and their loved ones in your thoughts during this difficult time. Without further ado, though, please feel free to join not just myself tonight, but our APN team tonight of Tracy, Alishba, and Lee, where we're going to be coming together to talk about all of the topics that I mentioned earlier on our show. But before we get into all of the nitty gritty, we're going to continue to play some really exciting tracks, starting first with this really popular song that came out in October with this song entitled Nude by the Korean female group G-Idol. And this song comes from their fifth mini album titled I Love. So be sure to stay tuned right here on Asian Pop Nation. 
everybody who is tuning in to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. We just played three all Korean tracks on our show just now. Let's go through them together. Firstly, we played the song titled Nude by Korean female group G Idol. And the song comes from their fifth mini album title, I Love. But moving along from that, we then played the song titled Heim to Love by Epex. And Epex is actually a Korean male group who has just come out with their fourth EP titled Prelude of Love, Chapter 1, Puppy Love. Very cute title indeed. And lastly from that, we then played the song titled Before and After by a new Korean female group. This time they're called Queen's Eyes. So that is Queen's with a Z at the end. And this is actually a B-side to the title track titled Yummy Yummy. And definitely after playing all of these songs that come from Korean groups, it is definitely a very appropriate segue into our first topic of the night, where our APN team are going to be coming together to discuss the end of this very beloved website. And you may or may not think that we're overreacting, but you be the judge of it once you hear our thoughts and our explanations into what this app particularly is. As now, we're going to be talking about the end of the V-Live app. Let's go to our team right now. I can't believe 2022 is already ending. It feels like it went too fast, but I feel like our fun K-pop days are ending too. So this is a very sad announcement, but hold yourself. It's, we can do this. V-Live is ending. Yes, I said it. V-Life is ending. Oh, I can't believe it still. But our beloved live stream platform, V-Life, is discontinuing. So for people who don't know what V-Life is, it's basically a very popular live streaming service. There's like mostly K-pop artists of um, and South Korean celebrities where they um, go live and make interact with their fans and stuff online. And it's very like worldwide too. You can like access in like so many different countries. And it's like instagram live and youtube live but with like more functions into it like you can easily um type um what are called comments on it and also there's like this thing called heart button where it's, it's like liking it but it's like the more you press it the more likes you get and it has like interactive things and like after it update it got more interactive like showing scheduled and stuff and because of lockdown and stuff they started having like online concert so like everybody really liked it because it was free and so accessible and the whole app was very stable so everybody really liked it and the most best thing was everybody could get like a lot of good subtitles very quickly and in a lot of languages so everybody loved it so much and they just like the casual feeling you get when the artist goes live and interacts with fans and this app has reached like 1450 different channels with each channels being associated with different k-pop um idols and k-pop celebrities like famous ones like bds stray kids and edc so basically um v live has also expanded beyond just casual sit down live stream like like i talked before it also had like debut showcases and stuff and also um reality show content and radio too and now that we live is being taken over by hype the new company which by the way um hype is a company where bts is bts and txc and all the other groups are in so hi basically took over v live and they said that v live will be fully terminated by december this year and previously it was by Naver Corporation back in like August 2015. But now that it's in hype, they on 2nd of March 22, they take out official schedule transfer process to Weavers, starting occurring with more information being announced. And they said that it's going to be terminated by December 2022. So all the K-pop idols that are under hype and are under Weavers, their contact will, will be available on Weavers, like all those 
past VLive videos, but the other artists and stuff, they would be available only on VLive uh, till December until further notice. Some people speculate that the videos will be transferred later, but we still don't know. Do, do I um, just in shambles? Because, okay, the way I think about it, right, is like, for example, with um, anime and stuff like that, for example, getting subtitles for anime shows has vastly improved throughout the last few years but i always felt like k-pop when it comes to getting subtitles for k-pop content it was very interesting like the process was just a little bit um slower i guess in comparison so there's always that uh, there's always that bit of lag you feel as like an international fan or so in like whenever there's new content from a certain artist you always feel like you have to wait like a few days and stuff just to get that content translated in the language that you speak in um, again, it's gotten a lot better throughout the years. I think VLive is one of the examples of how it's improved so like much better. And the fact that it's now <laughs> disappearing as of December 2022, my damn birthday month, it is uh, nightmarish. I'm not, yeah, not really happy about it, especially someone who is fans of artists that are not from Hive. <laughs> Quite a lot of my favorite faves. Um, some of you guys may already know, but... Yeah, but to be fair, those said faves as well, they haven't been using VLive for a hot minute as well. So I guess it's off to the IG lives and the YouTube lives or whatever. But yeah, it just feels like an end of the era. But I don't know, Tracy, what do you feel? Yeah, it's definitely an, the end of an era. I feel this is just like when you now ended in like 2014 or whatever. Um, no, VLive is just like the sheer amount of VLive content there is uh, that hasn't been uploaded on YouTube is pretty like there is just so much real life content that has not been uploaded on youtube yet and we're just i feel like a lot of it is just going to be lost for a long time especially with subs um it's not going to be available on the internet anymore and that just really sucks from a fandom point of view um especially for um you know, groups that are not so popular and groups which just constantly do v lives like uh, on and off you know they are uh, it's going to be especially hard for fans to like back up every single thing on that website it's just kind of sad, isn't it? And, um, sad. It's just like, damn. Thinking back of the days where I, like when VLive just started out in like 2015 and then it getting progressively like a bit better. Trying to use, I remember I was on the like Monsex VLive channel like a hawk at one point because they would just do the most funniest like random thing. There's an infamous one where they're in a hotel in Osaka, Japan, I think. And they're just doing it. it in, I know it's feeding to the parasocial relationship, guys. You guys don't have to tell me, listeners, but just watching them like existing in this hotel room and they're just casually just talking about the most random things out of nowhere. They're doing a like a not even a cover. They're just randomly dancing around to size new face in a very random way. They're jumping on beds and stuff. I was like, it's just uh, it's I don't know. It reminds me of how there's like the trend on Instagram where people are like, I want to be real or like be more real on social media, whatever. But this was like the actual definition of like, I don't know, I felt like. At the beginning, when VLive just started out, it gave a lot of idols the opportunity to just kind of be like chill and just like sitting in a chair and being like, hey guys, how are you going? They'll like, read the comments as of fans and then they're like, oh, hey, I've been working on some projects, whatever you guys want to hear, some sneak peeks, or they just talk about their life, talk about some songs they like or whatever. It's just so casual. And of course, now there's like the, they do comeback shows and stuff, which are also very fun to watch as well. But I always just think of VLive as just like the artist sitting down there. And just like chilling and vibing or like doing some weird funny thing that ends up becoming a very popular meme so again to me it's very sad i don't know about y'all but oh man damn the monopoly of weavers 
Yeah, the thing that makes me sad is the fact that it's specifically being taken down because they want to replace it with a worse app. Yeah. As well. <laughs> like, that is just upsetting. It's just like, wow, capitalism. I know that K pop industry is already like, wow, late stage capitalism dumps the fire. Yep. But this just is so on the nose. Like, they're not even trying to hide. <laughs> what they're trying to do it's just very shameless or like groups which are already disbanded or, mm -hmm. you know or older groups as well will just it will be really hard to find those sorts of videos and subtitles anywhere also specifically like it's going to be really hard because these videos are all like more than an hour long you know v lives can last like three hours usually is like the longest they go i think so you think someone's going to sit down and recaption that no no like do people, people care about it when it as soon as it, it gets released and then the interest exponentially dies off so that stuff's not going to be around anymore um and speaking on the subject of like our favorite v lives i want to say that uh pentagon has a lot of good v lives because there are lots of members who have no lives and constantly talking into the camera and so to actual people i guess but um uh, my favorite v live might be the one they made after they got their first win they had a very heartfelt v live where they all got together and they all cried and it was like a group therapy moment and for some reason they streamed that all live in v live so um, i guess that's you know an example of some of the content that gets put on v live and one where everybody's very angry even people who do not support strikers is like the bang chan one where every day every week no, each of the week he does this AV live called Chan's Room, where he plays music from different um, groups, English oh, yeah. music, I've heard and of like that, all yes. type of music. And then he just chats with people. And I watched it. It literally feels so nice to watch it. It's it's really so sweet to watch him like just play music. It's actually so fun. But now that he did like, switched to YouTube, he did his first YouTube um, live, and then he informed people that because now he's on YouTube because of the copyright, he won't be able to play music from every other group. He only can play music from JYP Entertainment. That's very sad. Yeah. I saw some people before VLive was still a thing. People used to like complain about how they were like, you know, the hard button is near the minimi video minimize button. And like a lot of people would complain that when you're like pressing the high, you would accidentally like exit it. It's so annoying. Oh, VLive has this, VLive have that. Now they're all going to be sad. They should have been more grateful <laughs> instead of complaining. They're, they're like, oh, yes, look at this compared to Weavers. <laughs> I say this as someone who's never opened the Weavers app in my life, but I'll take your word for it, Alishva. But yeah, I guess, you know, thanks, Lister, for listening into our little sad, <laughs> kind of sad moping session about just the end of the VLive era. A live stream platform. Yeah, no, it's like mourning the end of Twitch or something. Oh, Vine. Oh, no, Vine's gone. <laughs> really oh. is. This, is our, this is our version. But yeah, rip. <laughs> RIP VLive. Um, you had some great memories and now you will be forever lost thanks to capitalism. Woohoo! Monopoly! Let's go! <laughs> Share your sadness of Weaver's VLive discontinuing on our social Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Asian Pop Nation. This is Asian Pop Nation residing right here on Sin. I'm Leisha, and you are just tuning in after we played three excellent tracks on our show. Starting first with the song titled Bittersweet Goodbye by Joyce Rice. And this song comes from her new EP titled Motivate. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Skit, which is another really nice R&B track to come out of the Korean artist Sloam featuring Lehigh and Loco. And last Lastly, we then move on to play the song titled Runner Up, which comes from this Thai band titled Loser Pop. Now that title in particular definitely serves as the perfect segue into our next topic tonight. And it is a topic that you will quickly find out to be very near and dear 
to the APN team's hearts only because we all share a mutual hatred for this particular category event that tends to occur throughout the end of the year. Yes, we're going to be talking about award show season. Now, we're not going to only just be talking about one award show. We've got two that have just sprung up during the month of October. So let's hear from our team right now. Hello, dear listeners. My name is Lisha Lini, and I'm here to say I hate award show season. Ah, uh, yes, we have reached that time of the year. I know earlier in our show, we talked about how the end of the year signifies the end of V-Life. Very sad, I know. Another thing, which personally for me makes me sad only because I've hated so much, is end of the year equals award show season. You already know your Oscars, your Billboard Music Awards. It's that time where we think back on every media that has come out and totally award them in a completely fair and wholesome way. Yay! <laughs> and yes, we're talking about award shows. Why exactly? Because we actually have two recent award show news-related stuff that came out. One involving the fact that the nominations for the 2022 MAMA Awards just came out. And another one, which is a new award show, question mark, which has sprung out of nowhere, actually, because they only just announced it in the span of the week or so, and they're already going to be presenting it at the end of the week. It's an interesting one. I will go more in-depth about the second one a little bit later. But first... Let's start out with the 2022 Mama Awards. Saying that name gives me an internal flashback to all the pain that I've gone through as a wee baby K-pop fan back in the day who cared so much about award shows once upon a time. Anyways, on October 24th, the nominations for the 2022 Mama Awards were announced. Mama is essentially this really big music award ceremony. They presented across like different Asian countries. They do predominantly focus on awarding K-pop music that has been released on that particular year. But if you watch the show, there's like small instances where they do give out awards to international acts or other Asian acts as well. Most notoriously, I still remember Ed Sheeran showed up. I think it was like last year or the year before. It was a random time. I still remember when Janet Jackson, out of nowhere, just showed up on the stage. Love her to bits, but that was, I felt like I was in some alternate universe. But yeah, that's what the Mama Awards is. And essentially for this year, which is happening in Japan specifically, they decided that this year they would review all these nominations now in preparation for that November time. And we're essentially going to be talking through some of the nominations and just give our overall thoughts about the mama awards in general so let's begin because there is a lot to go through essentially for this year there are a lot of categories but two in particular are being voted by predominantly fans that one is the worldwide icon of the year and worldwide fans choice top 10 whatever those mean till now i still don't really care what those categories mean but those are predominantly fan voted but every other award those are being voted by a mixture of 40 percent judge panel evaluation but 60 percent of it is from streams and or album sales so you can definitely tell where majority of the scoring system is going to words. So yes, 
now we're actually to the meat of it, which is some of the nominees that maybe some of you guys wanted to talk about some categories that piqued your interests. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room first. There has been a little bit of a hoo-ha this year about the best new artist categories. So Mama basically separates these categories into best new female artists and best new male artists. This year, there's been a lot said about the gulf in popularity between the male acts and female acts. So for context, our best new female artists nominations for this year are... Ive, Kepler, The Seraphim, New Jeans, Enmix, and Trayena. And I think if you follow anything K-pop related um, on Twitter or on any of your favorite social medias, I guarantee that you've heard of these artists. In contrast, the best new male artist nominations are ATBO, Tempest, TNX, Extinary Heroes, and Unite. And at this point, I would like to ask our youth representative, Alishba, if she has heard of any of these groups. I have not heard of any of them except <laughs> Extraordinary Heroes. That was my first reaction as well. Like, oh my God, I do not know any of these groups. And I went through and I looked at two metrics for each of these groups. What their most played song on Spotify was and what their most liked song on Melon was. Melon is South Korea's most popular streaming platform. So... Out of the six female nominees, uh, the most played song out of all of these artists is Ives 11 with 174 million streams. And the most liked song on Melon is another song by Ive, which is Love Dive with 209,000 likes. In contrast, your most played Best New Male Artist nominated song is Extraordinary Heroes with 27 million and the most liked song on Melon is TNX's Move with 3,000 Melon likes. So basically, you go from 174 million to 27 million and 209k to one-tenth of that amount. In conclusion, why do people not like boy groups anymore? Okay, I, I, I don't know why. My, my brain is just like the whole time mentioning all these male group names i feel like my brain short-circuited for like a few seconds well i know i feel like one of the reasons why is just because half of them their names are actually ridiculous i say this as i'm like yeah kepler is such a genius name with a one in the middle instead of an l guys but no i mean as i mentioned before definitely the new female go groups have had a big year this year i'll say essentially almost all of the groups that are nominated right here they have all had very big hit songs that have quote unquote defined 2022 as some people would like to say on twitter.com and the male groups in comparison here unfortunately they do not stack up at all i just think this year has been a bit of a plummet <laughs> for the new groups some people hypothesize it's just that with the female groups this year, they've been more experimental with genres, whereas the male groups have been going with a typical formula. That's just what I've seen online when I was like scrolling people's reactions of like these nominations. My simple, my own personal simple answer is just go groups have been putting out better songs this year in general. That's that's my simple answer. They're just catchy. They're just good. They're hit the mark. I agree. Like uh, all of these female nominees, I could immediately just point out, hey, I know like two of their songs. And that's because they were massively viral 
all these skill groups, I think, have hit over 100k sales on a single comeback within a year of their debut, which is crazy because it used to be that a few years ago, like a good girl group would sell like 60k, and that would be very solid numbers for a girl group. And 100k and over was reserved exclusively for boy groups, which have really dedicated fans. But I think recently we've had all these groups, like I think it was La Seraphim and then Kepler, like they've just been breaking records of how many girl groups can sell per comeback. And I feel like maybe it's that really dedicated boy group audience, young women. Maybe these girl groups are appealing more to them than the current boy groups. And so they're sort of swerving lanes to the women instead of the boy groups. That's yeah, my go women. <laughs> yeah, women. Woo. I feel like if you compare, say, 2016 boy group concepts and 2022 boy group concepts, they are not drastically different. I would even go as far to say they are indistinguishable. Like, apart from maybe like cinematic devices, like the color grading and stuff, like if you listen to the music, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Whereas girl groups, I feel like they've evolved a lot in the past like three ish years, maybe. I feel like the girl groups now are maybe less, I don't know, they're sort of going for more of like a we are confident influencer types and we love ourselves. It's like a stronger type of girl group concept that I think appeals more to women. And that might be why people don't like boy groups as much anymore. But the thing that gets me about these nominations, I know that with all nominations, they are generally somewhat based on popularity and they are never, ever, ever based on quality. Um, Quality is subjective. But even then, I was sad that some of the boy groups that I actually liked didn't get nominated. (laughs) If you want to talk about Best New Boy Group debut of this year, I think it goes to TAN. They had a debut song called Do Do Do, which is a bop. It sounds like EXO circa like Call Me Baby era. It's great. I also really liked the debut from Trends, and it's called Who, and we played that a few months back. But yeah, that's just my little shout out. Uh, yeah, moment there. Hey, you're tuning in to one of the coolest radio shows to ever exist right here on the scene is Asian Pop Nation. And if you're just tuning in right now, we just played three really fun tracks. First, coming from Silly Silky, who is this Korean female artist with her song titled Drama Queen. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Nice Seeing You by Taiwanese male artist Jerry Lee. And lastly, we then played the song titled Reach, which comes from this Japanese band titled Ego Apartment. Now, if once again, you're just tuning into our show right now, we are actually right in the middle of talking about our slight hatred of the award show season, which more award shows, more nightmares. And right now we are actually in the middle of talking about some nominees which have been released for the MAMA Music Awards. You will quickly get to hear about our slight frustrations with the nominees for this year's MAMA Awards as we're going to be cutting back to our conversations right now. I was going to ask if there was like other categories that piqued Do we really your care interest. About the other Not really. I think best vocal performance group is like Giggle Central. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. Oh my God. It's funny, haha, but not in the funny very... way, in the very tragic yes. manner. Okay, let's go through it first. So, yeah, let's go through it. Okay. Best vocal performance group. We have Big Bang, still live, BTS, yet to come. The Vici Fanfare and Hypen Polaroid Love winner, I love you. Now, let me just say something out here first. 
the Vici, the only female artist in general in this category, is a crime. And they are actual, legitimate, amazing singers that have existed in the industry for a very long time. Amazing voices. And they're paired off with, dare I say, some of the menaces of society <laughs> today. <laughs> oh. oh, this category is a nightmare. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's the one I'm still looking at and I'm like, how... How do we get here? Like, I know their mindset, as Tracy mentioned, it is a popularity thing at the end of the day. And they're just looking at what's got the most streams, what's got the most sales, and then where does this fit in our little category list? Oh, best vocal. Bam. Like, I get that's their mindset. This is still, like, the dumbest thing I've ever (laughs) seen of recent history. Usually you want to look at a list of nominations and be like, oh, you know, I admit it, these groups can all kind of sing. But, you know, out of the sea of K-pop groups, which have some people who can sing in them, they decided to pick these nominees. And it just feels like, am I living in a different universe? Like, why were these guys chosen? I've had a look at, like, the past year's nominees as well. 2019, the nominations were Balfour, Acme, Winner, Davichi, Mamamoo, and B2B. And that sounds like, oh yeah, like I can understand why all those people got nominated because, oh yeah, they can all sing. This year, you're just like, why? Why? Listener, you can't tell. I'm just shaking my head the whole time. Oh, oh They man, are not yeah. really beating the fourth gen, has no good vocalist allegations. <laughs> this list. The thing is, there are some good vocalists in some groups. They're just not on this. <laughs> They're just not here. You'd be surprised. There is a selection you go through. There's a select. They, they're a bit more scarce now than they used to be in third gen, mm-hmm. but they do exist. Man, <laughs> I, I, I already started off the seven saying I hate award but shows. Award shows just suck uniformly. They just suck. Yeah, it's not an exclusive K-pop thing. It's just they all suck, including mm-hmm. one in particular that I know quite a lot of people don't like so much as well is the billboard music awards and i guess this leads into nicely because guess what the billboard awards they actually recently announced around the same time that uh, mama came up with these nominations that they are going to introduce a new event called the k billboard awards the k part is in all caps the k billboard awards So what exactly is this award show? We actually don't know too much about it as of the time of this recording, but I think once the episode rolls around, it already would have occurred. And maybe we could see the aftermath, but this is just us future predicting at the time. It's essentially a collaboration with the 2022 K-Cultural Festival and with Billboard, like, yes, the big American-like music publication company everyone knows them and they're doing this event on october 28th they're live streaming it on youtube and essentially according to like billboard's social media posts it's a chance of highlighting the dazzling achievements of k-pop artists based on the billboard charts and the billboard charts only that's like their <laughs> criteria that, that's like their main criteria when i initially saw it, i was like oh okay And when I did research on it, they were really like, yes, just the Billboard charts, guys. (laughs) Like, they're like, that's their main criteria. And yeah, that's kind of it in terms of the information. But just the headline alone of like, Billboard is making a separate award show called the K-Billboard Awards already opens like a lot of can of worms. (laughs) 
to be fair, um, wasn't it the VMAs this year um, where they were like nominating best new artists? They were nominating people like like twice. People who have been active in the K-pop industry for like ages. It's just that they've only like released like American de- like their English language debuts like this year or last year. Mm-hmm. So maybe this was a way to quite counter that. So instead of having like a best new gr- best group and and that just being like like Imagine Dragons, Coldplay, BTS twice like instead of having that situation occur they're just like breaking out into a new thing because they know that it will be profitable because k-pop fans are insane and jobless um and so this is just like (laughs) how to concentrate that joblessness and make it into a critical mass that people will care about and tweet about and give us engagement so i think from a business point of view it's very obvious to see where they did this um but this announcement really does feel like looking at a tsunami wave approach beach from far away. I feel like it's going to hit and we are not going to like it when it does. So I feel like a lot of people were very mad at it that they did this and they just said this very xenophobic. And I also like read that they also did this for um, Latin music. They made a different billboard for Latin. And they're just saying that they basically just don't want K-pop music with the American music. <laughs> they just don't like that the K-pop music are going above the American. They just don't want to separate it. That's what a lot of people thought. But um, I don't know. It just feels weird having a, this different Billboard award. It feels weird, but also fundamentally, the only people who care about the Billboard awards are K-pop stands. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares? Do you think Imagine Dragon stands are camping out for the Billboard awards? No. It's exclusively K-pop stands. But it's still like, wow, feels weird, man. It, it does feel weird. And yeah. Till now, I still think it's kind of funny how just in K-pop world award shows, they are definitely put on a way higher pedestal than I could ever imagine. Because again, in American music world, award shows, damn, nobody cares that much. It's just the performances that mean a little something because they do like a fun remix version or like something controversial happens like some two artists are like beefing like Nicki Minaj Miley Cyrus just like stuff like that but the actual award itself people do not care (laughs) but in K-pop the awards in a way they almost act as like a bragging thing if a certain artist that they like has a certain amount of awards or they get a very specific type of award it's a way to be like aha yes we got this and your group didn't (laughs) <laughs> that's why word of s it's very like middle school-esque um type of drama that's like your everyday life on twitter.com but just uh awards just mean nothing to me <laughs> and i'm just done with it i don't want a k-billboard awards i don't want another thing that's yeah like, k-pop fans can use and just being like as a extra ammunition for their fan wars and just in general yeah award shows suck I just like them for the performances. That's it. <laughs> but for the performances, we have the various end of year concerts, like the Gaios. Yes, that like is that. true. So it's just like a, a bad version of the Gaio Dejun where your good performances are interrupted with, oh, we got to give an award to someone. Like, it's just bad. <laughs> I don't like it. We got to cut your performance oh, right now. Yes. Cutting things, we should cut this <laughs> segment because we are now at 27 minutes. Yes, we've gone insane. Clearly, <laughs> you, the listener, can definitely maybe feel the heat on your end of just our deep rooted hatred for it. But maybe if you have your own perspective of 
maybe not just K-pop award shows, but just award show in general, feel free to let us know through our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Hello, dear listener. Thank you so much for tuning in to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin, where we have been playing some top-notch songs, if I do say so myself. Starting first with the song titled Youth, which comes from Kihyun, who is one of the members from the Korean male group Monster X. And the song actually comes from his first ever EP titled Youth. So definitely check that out. But something else that you should definitely check out is this new song, which comes from the Japanese group titled Toketan Thank You with their song titled Kagami no Kuni, which means Mirror Country. And now why I say you should check this album out in particular, because it has been picked as our APN album of the week. And if you don't know what that is about, you should definitely follow us on our Instagram because we love to highlight album of the weeks every so often. And they have been selected by our music genius here on APN, Tracy. And it is just our extra seal of approval that this album is something that you should definitely check out. And let's move on, however, to the last song that we played, which comes from the female Japanese artist titled Salasa with her song titled Light a Fire. Now, if you are tuning into our show live, so on November 1st, you would have just come out of the Halloween season and maybe you're kind of like, okay, Halloween is over. Now it's time to get into the Christmas spirit and let's move on from all things Halloween related. I'm sorry, as we're about to get back into the Halloween spirit a little bit. As recently, this very interesting taxi was unveiled in Japan, which has to do with you, the passenger, being in a ride together with a very iconic Japanese horror character. You may already know who she is is Sadako from The Ring. And as someone who is not a horror fan, this low-key sounds like my worst nightmare, but if you, the very curious listener, want to know more about what this taxi has in store for you, be sure to tune in right now. So as a little breather from all the K-pop in this week's show, we are here to talk about a certain taxi service in Japan. And although by the time this episode drops, the spooky season would have just ended, but we do have a story about a taxi service in Japan that wants you to share a scary ride with a familiar Japanese horror icon. So from October 24th until November 6th, you can book a special Halloween service called the Sarako Taxi where you can en- quote unquote enjoy a very unique transportation experience with Sarako from The Ring. Uh, so this is a promotional collaboration for the new Sarako DX movie which is dropping on the 28th of October in Japan and passengers will be able to personally request for a Sarako taxi through the taxi services app. Even through the app you'll receive a curse confirmation message showing her crawling out of her well and a message which says I think she's coming. And once your taxi arrives you will notice that the car's back seat window will have like a digital signage showing Sarako in her in her true terrifying nature which is having her long black hair covering her face while appearing trapped inside the vehicle. But if you happen to be on one of these taxis during October 30th to the 31st you'll be greeted by a more cartoonish and colorful illustration of Sarako on your window. 
And while you're inside the taxi, there is a backseat monitor in which you'll be able to watch exclusive Sadako videos, even one regarding car safety. But if you want to truly be terrified, there is an AR feature where Sadako will suddenly crawl out from the backseat monitor to scare you, similarly to the iconic scene from The Ring movie. So what do you guys think? Would you sit in this taxi? I... You would literally have to pay me like a million bucks <laughs> before you <laughs> sit on this taxi. Um, I think, okay, from a past Halloween episode, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it before. Oh yeah, I definitely stay away from horror media, but mm-hmm. I myself also know that little scene in the ring where she's like crawling out of the TV and something like that. And the fact that they are recreating that in a taxi in an enclosed space that I cannot get out, <laughs> I would just, you will not see me alive ever again. Like, that's actually terrifying. But Lee, are you like a daredevil? Do you think you could like blitz through all of that fine? I think I would just because I know that it's like not real. Oh, okay. Yeah, just for like, oh, I just like to try it out and stuff because it's not going to be here forever. But if I didn't know and I just got into this random taxi <laughs> and all this shit is happening, I think I would piss my pants. But yeah, what about you, Alishva? I'd love to be in it. Like you said, if I didn't know, I would be like yeah. scared to jump out of the car. But I think I would love to be in it because like a new experience. Because I like being scared because in the end of the day, I can laugh about it. But especially this crawling pod from the backseat one, like, reminds me one time I was watching Ring, yeah? And, you know, this iconic scene. So I was back in Pakistan, and I wasn't that old. And I was watching the movie Ring. And you know how when the girl is crawling out, before the video starts, there's a pod where the monitor goes statistic, and then the girl come out? Yeah? Mm-hmm. So... You know what I'm talking about. You're the statistic that comes on the monitor. So I was watching the movie and because because of some reason the voice wasn't that much. So my TV voice was on 100, but the video on the TV was very low. So it was normal. So I was watching it and it was in night and all of a sudden my TV got statistic and I got so scared. I thought she was actually going to come out of the TV. I actually got so scared. I ran ran to the plug and I plugged it out and I just (laughs) stood there frozen thinking if she's gonna come out actually or no but then i calm myself down and think it's okay it's okay she's not gonna come out and plus i was home alone i was so oh scared my God. <laughs> i thought she would actually come out of the tv oh my so i yeah i never watched it just because i was like she's not coming out of the tv <laughs> as long as i'm alive like, <laughs> Oh my god, that whole story, like, oh my, why was that the most, like, that was the most terrifying thing I've heard, and I've heard y'all talk about ghost stories, like, a week ago, why was that the scariest thing I've heard, oh my gosh, and, oh, I, yeah, that's just reaffirming to me that I do not want to be in this taxi, willingly (laughs) or unwillingly, I will crumble to the ground, (laughs) But I, okay, I would say in terms of like this being a collaboration for a movie and stuff on a business spectrum, because haha, I'm a business student. (laughs) This is actually pretty smart. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. This is actually pretty smart. I don't know what, because I also haven't watched The Ring, so I don't really know what taxis have to do with like Sadako lore per se, but I think the whole concept of being in a very, again, enclosed space 
and it's just her spooking you out is very smart, very genius. <laughs> I I think I saw on one article. I all of them don't really specify too much, I guess, because they wanna leave the surprise for the passenger themselves. But Ooh. one of them mentioned. I like they mention it slightly that it has to do with like the app that you're using on your phone. So I don't know if、uh, it's just gonna look like those lame like Snapchat filter things. That's just like something like a little cartoonish thing popping out of your mon like off the monitor or something like that. If it's meant to kind of look like that, or it's actually gonna be very spooky. But I guess we won't know because we're not in Japan. But we can live to see potentially reactions online or something like that. I have a question though. This is the one thing that. I guess what I'm looking for is like it stumped me a bit when I was looking at this because everything is seemingly very scary. Like the concepts are scary before you're booking, like the taxi, they、mm. give you like a very scary image and quote and whatever. But why the hell is the digital signage on the backseat window when it's on the two days leading、yeah. to, to Halloween itself? Why is the design so like? Not menacing, very cute. Just looks like how do I describe it?、It's, again, we said it's like very cartoonish. It's got like a nice little moon in the back. It says trick or treat. It's got a cute font saying Happy Halloween, and the colors are very vibrant, which is not the words you will ever use to describe Sadako. I just I don't understand. <laughs> the one thing I don't is that on the day leading up to Halloween itself, why did they go for the most cutest like depiction, like wholesome depiction of her? What What do you think? <laughs> I think because in Japan, like during October thirtieth to thirty first, everyone like dresses up in costumes and goes outside and walks around. And、um, I think it's more like a cute thing rather than like a spooky, scary thing in Japan.、Um, so yeah, maybe that's why.、Uh, <laughs> actually,、know. actually, you kind of made up. You made a point there because you know,、yeah. as you mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, there's like the thing they go to like Shibuya,、yeah. they take over the streets and stuff. So yeah, and then also Halloween in general, kind of. I don't know. I talked about it with my mom before for some reason, but you mentioned like how in the past Halloween was like very scary, but now it's like scary, but also you can just cosplay as like your favorite anime character or something during this、yeah. time. It's it's not exclusively to、um, Halloween.、Like、Sonoko has been cutified for the Halloween, the actual Halloween time itself. But past that point, she is like gonna jump out of you and like. Ruin or make your taxi ride even better. I don't know. So let's not let us know whether or not you would like to ride in this taxi with Sarako on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. Hello, everybody. You are tuning into Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. We were just playing three songs. First, which is actually a song request from one of our listeners, Matthew. Thank you once again with his song request titled "Keep On Going" by the Japanese group titled Reincarnation. 
But afterwards, we then played a song titled "Cool," which comes from the Singaporean band called Sobs, and they actually just recently dropped their new album, Air Guitar. And that album in particular has also been highlighted as one of our album of the week. So be sure to give that extra album a listen and follow us on our Instagram if you want to see more album of the weeks highlighted or just. Great song picks throughout the week on our show. Major props to Tracy once again for selecting all these incredible songs. Very, very lastly, we then played the new song to come out of Jin from BTS with his song title "Astronaut." Now, this song in particular leans in very well to our next topic tonight, as we're going to be talking about some viral Korean military news which has come out. Across the two weeks or so, we're slightly late to the game with one of them in particular. But right now, join us as we're going to be talking about some Korean military news, such as BTS entering in Lisbon and a very, very viral clip which has been circulating across the internet. And you get to hear some bonus information about why this clip has entertained our team members so much. So tune in right now. Okay. Okay. So, uh, breaking news, everyone! If you've ever wanted to see your favorite member of BTS bold, it turns out your wish might be granted sometime in the next five years because、Woo-hoo. BTS's company, Big Hit, has just announced that BTS will in fact be enlisting,、um, starting with Jin, their oldest member, and reconvening as a full group again around 2025. So this follows an、uh, intense. I guess several years of debate that people have had about should BTS be、uh, exempt from South Korea's mandatory military enlistment laws.、Um, South Korea currently arm、um, decrees all men between the ages of 18 to 35 must serve in the military for a period of between 18 and 21 months. And so people have been saying for a long time, "Hey, maybe BTS should be exempt from this law."、Um, Because of their achievements, after all,、um, several people are already exempt from this law, including athletes, classical musicians, and people who bring prestige to the country. But、uh, the issue with this whole debate, of course, is that is the public response. People have generally not been liking the idea of BTS members being exempt from conscription because all men go through conscription, and they all hate it. And so, the thought of some pop stars getting a free pass because they are pop stars.、Um, Anyway,、um, in response to this news,、uh, Big TS's parent company, Hype, their stocks fell 2.5 percent,、um, and also some Twitter people、um, are saying that they will boycott the entire Korean tourism industry for some reason because obviously.、Um, I don't know. I don't know. They just like how dare? How do they make them do this thing that all Korean men have to do? Anyway,、uh, that is not the main story for this segment. Actually, this is just a segue to another segment,、yeah. a far more fun and interesting segment.、Uh, <laughs> might I say?、Yeah. This segment concerns a viral clip of a bunch of Marines dancing to the hit song "Hype Boy." By the girl group New Jeans, they、um, are shaking ass. Actually, they are indeed shaking <laughs> ass. Actually, thank you for the correction. Now, this is a video that has been viewed 6.9 million times as of the time of this recording. The most liked, most engaged tweet that features this video is one by Twitter user Lovestruck, who tweeted out the video with the caption, "God, the many created to fight wars are shaking ass to hype boy." I would also like to mention former U.S. Ambassador Curtis Chin also tweeted out this video with the caption, "When hashtag hard power and hashtag soft power align." So basically, this video has a very wide audience. It has the Twitter stannies, the K-pop stannies, 
and the like I don't know how to describe them like politician adjacent men who post a lot on LinkedIn so this has managed to capture both of those demographics what is this video we're talking about I think you need to look it up for yourself like just please just look up I don't know men shaking ass the hype boy you'll probably find it uh, it's a great video. It's actually it's a, what we call a focus video. So it's a video focus on one member um, in a dance performance. The member in question is JS of the group On and Off. Um, and this dance performance also features uh, another On and Off member, Ishan, um, as well as the FSF9 member, Insong, the former Spectrum member, Park Jong Chan, and Kim Namuk, who is the only non idol who's actually a dancer from the auspicious dance crew who does a ton of K pop chore choreographies. The main thing that I think makes this video great is that they're just having a great time, especially JS. He's having a lovely old time. They just they just having a good time. And they're really budding this choreo. They are really working it. They are, might I even say, slaying. I hate myself right now. Um <laughs> Yeah. Look at what you've done, Lee. We can't stop. Yay. Every time we're talking, we're just like, oh may I perhaps say also slay <laughs> what Lee has done to the vocabulary of our APN hosts. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I just I just wanted to say because I know Tracy is gonna give me so much info about on and off because I will ask her. I will literally ask her because I don't like this group is something I am actually not too familiar with. But this video I did see and is very it's just so great. I freaking love it so much. It's excellent. And considering we paired this along with the BTS enlistment thing, it's like a light at the end of the moment it's just like oh BTS sad enlistment but hey maybe you'll see Jin checking out the hype boy a few <laughs> months down the line next year you know this is like the light at the end of the tunnel for all the armies I think people have the um they, people sort of feel like going to the army is kind of like going to jail but sometimes it is also just shaking us to hype boy the reason why this video has 6.9 million views is because it breached containment um and it landed in the timelines of people who do not who no longer follow k-pop people such as lee here our number Hello. one specimen our only specimen of um non-k-pop afflicted person so lee chi i would like to interview you um how did you feel when you saw this video something in my heart said maybe you should get into k-pop again <laughs> <laughs> and damn you you don't know who these boys are, do you? I have no idea who these boys are. I thought they were like normal military men, but then, yeah, and then no wonder they're so good looking. Cause <laughs> I feel like that was the reaction of a lot of people. They were just like, God, why are they so happy? And why are they military men dancing a K-pop girl group song? What is this? Well, specifically, this video in question was taken at a performing arts festival mm. uh, called the Geryong World Military Culture Expo. I'm not sure if I got that right, but um, it's like a festival that's lasted a few weeks where they do a lot of different covers of mostly k-pop group songs and it's just like this little troupe of mostly like idols uh, sort of idols who are enlisted or dancers um yeah and sometimes they get like musical actors but i'm not sure if there's any in this particular troupe but anyway this video is great uh i have been so stressed this whole week i've been really frazzled um sort of like pits in the stomach sort of Am I sick or am I nervous? I'm so nervous it's making me sick. But I saw this video and I was like, huh, goddamn, I should watch some more on and off videos. And then I went back and watched some of their old performances. They all enlisted actually as a group. All the Korean members enlisted as a group, um, I think, last year. And so it's been a while since they've been active, like, as a group. So I was like, goddamn, they're good. And then my, like, panic, my um, anxiety stomachache cleared up immediately. So, like... 
Sananonov for good mental health. Um, so I have here assembled a list, and the list is called Reasons to Stand on and Off because I feel like I must spread the word like an evangelist knocking at your door. So reasons to stand on and off. One, they are good performers. They are good performers, as you can see from the video of them checking out the hype boy. <laughs> they all hype boy. They also have great music. Um, all of their music is produced by Huang Hyun from Monetary. And Huang Hyun from Monetary is a god amongst men because he produced Luna's Hi Hi and Chinese Aside, both of which are like S-tier songs. And he has produced a lot of songs for your favorite artists, in particular SM artists, and also like older acts like think Stella, Ladies Code. Actually, he produced a lot of stuff for them as well. And um, on and off, not all of the music is to my taste because there is no group with a flawless disc discography. But I want to shout out three of their B-sides, specifically Moscow Moscow, one of my top 10 K-pop songs of all time. Very, very nice song. Uh, the Realist. <laughs> the Realist is like the soundtrack to a video game where you parkour across like a, like the skyscraper, like the tops of buildings, I think, in a video game. like That's what The Realist is. It's a very good, cool um, speed running song. And then my third shout out is to My Genesis Uberbench. That is the name of the song. I think JP would enjoy it. It's a very nice smooth jazz bit in the middle that's very unexpected, but very well done. Those are my on and off shout outs. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Tracy, for giving me the context for um, men shaking us to high four. <laughs> I feel like I can enjoy this piece of media even more now <laughs> that I know that um, on and off, they not only slay on the stage, but in real life as well. <laughs> but yes, I this just, just makes me appreciate the video even more. And again, I already feel like I'm healed as well. <laughs> so at the end of the day, listener, just watch the video, search it up. It's amazing. Um, if you are, if you two are an on and off enjoyer, please hit us up and maybe request some on and off songs. I think that would be very much appreciated. Um, we are available uh, for DM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, what a collection of songs we have played just now here on Asian Pop Nation. Firstly, we played the song title Miss Me Too, which comes from the Canadian female artist Catherine Lee. And the song in particular comes from her first ever EP titled Crush. So very excited to see how her career will continue to evolve throughout the years. But moving, moving along from that, we then played the song title When I Get Old. And this song is actually a collaboration between Christopher and Chung Ha. Yes, the one and only Chung Ha. And lastly from that, we then played the song titled Hosuno or What Are You Doing? And this song in particular comes from the Japanese group called Oketa Tenkyu. And this song in particular comes from their album titled Piece of Film. If you were hearing the song earlier, you may have already known that this song has been picked as one of our album of the week. And that's just an extra stamp of approval for you to give this album a listen. It's great, 11 out of 10, definitely recommend. And let's move on to our next topic of the night. And right now, we're gonna be talking about another viral thing which has popped out on our internet feeds, specifically coming from this Korean artist called Lee Chang-hook, who some of you may know as one out of the two members from the Korean duo, Akdo Zichin, 
Well, he has just released his solo album, and he's been doing, as per usual, some solo promotions here and there. But a lot of it has gone viral online for very odd reasons. And if you kind of want to know what exactly we're talking about, you're just gonna have to tune in to our conversation right now. Now, earlier in our show, we talked about a viral video of, as I said,、um, as we said many times. Just men shaking ass to "Hype Boy," a song by New Jeans. Well, here is another viral moment, but there I say several viral moments, which have all come from one perpetrator. <laughs> Making it sound like a criminal. He's just a South Korean singer, songwriter, and producer. His name is Lee Chun Hook, and he actually this. Actually, this name may be familiar for some of you guys who are very familiar with、um, Korean music in general, because he is part of the sibling duo called Akmu, aka Akdong Musician. They've been around since April 2014. They won like the season two of K-pop star, K-pop star two, and、uh, from that show, they actually like got to sign with YG Entertainment as part of their prize. And since then, they have been insanely popular, especially in South Korea. They are a very solid. Sibling duo, their songs chart like reasonably, really well every time they release their stuff. And his sister Lee Sun Lee Su Hyun, is that how you say your name? Okay,、um, yes. yes, thank you, Lee Su Hyun. She has since come up with her own solo songs, like Alien, for example. And now it's his turn. <laughs> it's Mr. Lee Chae Hyuk. It's Chae Hyuk's time. To come up with his solo debut, we actually talked a little bit about his album last week, courtesy of Tracy, when we were talking about our exactly. Oh, we were talking about like music in general that was related to the spooky season, and he just released his album's first solo album titled "Error!" Exclamation mark, and that came out on seventeen of October. We're talking about him in particular is because of these viral videos. That have been circulating on my feed the entire day. I I don't know what that says about me as a person that these videos all have shown up to me. There's been a bunch of videos released throughout his promotions for this album. The one in particular that I first saw, which is really like jumping the gun straight to the most chaotic one, was him performing his song Panorama. But he's being seated on a chair at a music show. A barber just shows up behind him, and he spends the whole time singing his song as he does. But the whole time, this barber is giving him a buzz cut, and that's the entire stage performance. That's it. And if you're somebody who's familiar with, I guess, music shows, this is typically not something that happens every day. You you get like people dancing around. If they're doing a ballad, they're standing in a mic, singing, doing their movements or whatever. But he's just sitting there,、um, very neutral facial expression, getting a buzz cut. Before he was performing his song, and he was being interviewed by two MCs for the show called M Countdown. And the whole time that they're asking him questions, he's just wearing a mask and I think sunglasses. And he, they ask him a question. He puts the mic on his face, but he doesn't say anything. And you, it's just pure silence. And then MCs are like, "Hmm, yes, okay, yeah." So tell us more, blah blah blah. Like they just continue on with the act. And that's not even it, y'all. You thought that was over? No, he has more performances where he's performing panorama. There's two where he's performing not facing the audience. So the entire video, you just see his back. He's just singing, but it's just facing his back. There's another one where he's still not facing the audience, but there's a mirror, and that mirror is being held by his freaking manager. <laughs> so you just see like the zoom in on the mirror, and you can see by 
probably by the end of the song and like the three minute mark, the manager's like hands or arms are getting a bit like shaky because the mirror is also shaking a bit. But the one that is the most wild thing of them all for me is what I like to call just the box. It's where these series of videos where he is in just various suburbs in Seoul, Korea, and he's just in a box, singing Panorama in a box. And there's fans there. Um, it varies. Sometimes it's like just a nice crowd of people just sitting and watching him. In others, people are literally directly at the box with their phone out being like, what am I looking at? Okay, first of all, I, I don't know why it took me ages to figure out that it's from Akdong Musician. Mm-hmm. I used to listen to them, but I didn't know he was... <laughs> I didn't know he was... <laughs> I, was I just thought he was some funky guy. Uh, anyways, yeah. I I like his stuff like it's very fresh fresh um, is a good word yeah fresh <laughs> like getting that um buzz cut while in while singing and then facing the wrong way <laughs> i don't know very like puts like it makes me interested to like find out more about him as a a um <laughs> um, as, as a musician <laughs> because I actually want to know if his promotions like the way he's promoting and stuff like that if those reflect on the themes that are presented in his album or like does it actually mesh well with what the album is talking about or is it just like this is so random and this has nothing to do with what the album is actually is um, I can answer that question with no not at all this has nothing to do with the actual content of the album <laughs> I mean, what sort of album would it have to be to be related <laughs> to this? Like, would it have a song which would be called, I don't know, like, I Cannot Face You or something? Like, that would make sense. And then he has another box. song called, like, I <laughs> Cut My Hair. <laughs> like, but no, I, I, sorry to say that this album doesn't have songs about of that nature. Basically, the idea is, uh, it's like a very obvious concept album, very linear narrative, where he basically gets into a car accident and gets sent to the hospital and dies. And it's just a concept album about like the, the regret you feel before you die and oh no, um, I have so much to live for. And then towards the end, you gradually find acceptance and um, that's when you pass. But like it is basically about the moments immediately after death and sort of thinking about your life um, in that sort of oh no, is it all over, already over way. So it has nothing to do with any of this. I think he's just a funky dude. And now that his sister isn't around to like, I don't want to say control him, but it makes her sound very domineering. Um, to tone him down, to temper him. Yeah, now that his sister isn't around to temper him, um, he's just going all out on his weird shtick, uh, his weird person shtick, and, you know, all the power to him. Uh, he is just, you know, a lot of people, every now and then you see the sentiment on social media that, oh, K-pop, you know, like pop stars aren't what they used to be. Pop stars used to be freaks of nature. They would do completely unexplainable things. And people would say, why did they do that? And people would say, it's because they're a rock star. Well, um, and then, they, you know, this line of thought is like, oh, and now people like pop stars are too relatable and charming and um, <laughs> they're just too ordinary. They're not weird anymore. And so if you want your dose of weirdness, um, yeah, look up Lee Chan Hyuk. It really makes me wonder what goes in his head. Like, what is he thinking? How did he get the idea? He's a mastermind, a genius. Mind. We can't crack into that genius brain of his. But yeah, I, I cannot lie. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I have a quote from uh, his sister, Soo Hyun. Um, yes. And it reads, To me, lunchtime at school was hell. 
my brother, my brother couldn't eat his lunch normally. I tried to not meet my brother because whenever I went to the cafeteria, I sat far away from him. It was because he always acted like a clown in front of my friends. So, um, you know, good to know that he's been doing, pulling this thing, pulling this, uh, you know, uh, being weird since he was a kid. Um, it was because he always acted like a clown in front of my friends. Whenever he saw my friends, he would dance like an idol or imitate rock bands. One day, he started dancing and DJing again at lunch. I thought, here he goes again. When will he start behaving normal? If listener, you're listening like right now at this very moment and you want to do... Actually, no. What am I thinking? Oh, if, if there's one thing that you should do throughout the entire course that our show has been like running on this episode, just search his name up. Like, I... <laughs> Search his name on YouTube and you will also be on the same rabbit hole that I think I have made all of us slightly enter into. Uh, am I sorry about that? No. <laughs> but yes, when you give these videos a go, definitely let us know what you think as well of Lee Chang-hyuk's whole promotion era. Era? No. His whole um, solo debut promotion. And maybe also let us know what you think about his album specifically. And I don't know, maybe you, genius mind you, will be able to tell um, the connection with these promotions and his solo album. But once again, let us know through all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Asian Pop Nation. Greetings to everyone who is listening to us right here on Asian Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's Leisha here, the executive producer of APN, who is here to fill you in on all of the songs that you heard just now. We firstly played the song titled To the Moon and Back by Indonesian male artist Caleb J before moving along with the song titled Almost, which comes from the Indian artist Via. And lastly from that, we then played the song titled Wasn't It Good, which comes from our very own homegrown artist, the Filipino-Australian artist Better Born. And this song actually comes from her new EP titled Rose Avenue Volume 1. Definitely some really, really nice R&B tracks to signify the end of our show tonight. Now, if you have been tuning in throughout the entire night or just certain segments of our show, or you're just tuning in right now, nevertheless, we would love to say thank you so much for listening to our show, where we had a whole bunch of discussions involving around Korean music related content since for our first episode of November, we had a bunch of team members who were actually all relatively into K-pop, sort of maybe kinda. So we thought this is our chance to take over APN with all of these topics, such as the end of a really popular live stream platform called VLive, as well as our mutual hatred into award shows such as the Mama Awards and this new awards which are sprung out of nowhere called the k Pilboard Awards. And then we also talked about some viral clips which have been popping up on the internet here and there coming from the Shang Hyuk as well as some of the members from the Korean male group on and off. And of course we always have a little bit of a break in between as we also went back into the Halloween spirit 
in regards to this topic about a taxi called the Sadako Taxi. And in between all of these jam-packed topics we had tonight, we also played an incredible mix of music, which you can definitely check back on on our social media, as well as on our Spotify account. We have heaps of playlists about this, so definitely give all of our socials a follow. And yeah, once again, thank you so much for joining not just myself tonight, but also our APN team tonight of Tracy, Lee, and Elishba. And before we end our show, we are going to be playing a very appropriate song title to signify the end of this episode. As now, we're going to be playing the song title Epilogue by the artist Sarah Kung. And this song actually comes from her first full-length album titled How I Remember. Now, remember, dear listeners, you can always tune in to Asian Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards. The easy way to remember it is 8pm at 8pm. And you can always check us out here on Sin. And for bonus content, you can always follow us at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And listen to our Asian Pop Nation podcast available anywhere and everywhere you stream your podcast. Good night, everybody, and happy November! Thank you.